Welcome again to another episode of Extreme Voltage Podcast. My name is Dean Melconian, and we are talking about your 2-4 and four Los Angeles Chargers. That's right, almost quarter uh, away here in regards to our 2023 season. And I tell you, this is a very disappointing start. Did not anticipate this. Uh, we had so much excitement, so much uh, positive energy coming in from uh, training camp. To end up at two and four with some really glaring problems offensively, defensively, and head coaching issues with Brandon Staley. It's we're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna discuss a little bit of it and see how we can get back on track. Hey, 11 games left to go. The season is not over, however, the negative stain is just painted all over this this organization, and that's that's one of the problems we're discussing here. Um, going back on these games, the Miami game was such a star-studded event. I mean, that Miami offense came in. I had a chance to be at that game and watching it live. Uh, Chargers had a great opportunity to win that game. Came up to a fourth-quarter decision where Staley decided to go for a field goal rather than taking a fourth down and doable uh, to convert and continue for a, a touchdown drive. That made it 34-30. to giving Miami time on the clock to come down and score a touchdown. And look, Miami was playing so well that day. Their offense, it was humming just like it is now. Uh, Tua was not touched. I mean, that offense was having a way with the Chargers defense. And and to make that decision, looking back now, a poor decision. Even at the time, I'm like, hey, you know, let's go for the gusto on this one. You, you take fourth down chances. You're on uh, plus territory. Convert, continue, get a touchdown that way. You put the pressure on them, and this this was an easy win for them. Obviously, with, with the Dolphins, it did give the Chargers uh, time on the clock, under two minutes on there to, to convert. And unfortunately, um, the Chargers could not get it done. The offensive line broke down. They weren't able to cover uh, and protect, I should say. And Herbert gets sacked, uh, throws the ball away as well, and just really is a, is a really tainted loss here for the beginning of the season. So obviously the Chargers started up with uh, with that with that loss and kind of hurt their mojo from it. Uh, going to that Tennessee game, I thought the Chargers played really well um, on all facets in the beginning of that game and just had a nice 11-point lead for a while. And then the big plays started happening against them on defense, and that's been something that has been consistent throughout this uh, short short season so far is these, is these uh, giving up these big plays. Uh, against offenses happened against in the Tennessee game where they came up and uh, uh, exploited this, uh, this this passing game and uh, lack of coverage and then that built up their lead and, and got the ultimate win Minnesota uh, again we had a we had a good showing there as well fortunate that our fourth down decision did not curtail us uh, luckily we had Kenneth Murray getting that interception in the end zone and we got that solid win one of the drawbacks on there was that fourth down decision that uh, I liked it. Uh, go for it with uh, with Herbert getting that first down and solidifying a win. I just didn't like the play call um, on that aspect of it, and and that's the issue. We don't have a running game, and I don't think that's gonna that's gonna work well for you. So the fact that uh, that fourth down decision was made, I was fine with. I just didn't like the uh, the actual call, and this did not did not generate enough to get that push for that first down. Unfortunately, so a couple of issues there. Uh, another aspect was that Raider game. Played so well in the first half, and then obviously Herbert got hurt after that interception. He threw a bad interception, actually, and he heard a non-throwing uh, 
uh, hand, uh, a finger in that hand was was broken. And, you know, the guy is such a warrior. He came back and, and, and played so strongly. But that second half was just not not good at all. Raiders had a nice comeback with their rookie uh, quarterback. Uh, Khalil Mack was impressive with, I believe, six sacks that day. And that saved us a lot. But that, that defense uh, did not hold in that second half. Was a comeback. But luckily, the Chargers were able to escape with that win. So a couple of issues on that. Consistent defensive breakdowns uh, for big plays. And that's what we've been seeing throughout. Uh, the Kansas City game. Uh, really promising game uh, in the first half in regards to the scoreboard. However, the defense just was just destroyed in that first half. Uh, zone defense against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, just obliterated the uh, the uh, the defense of the Chargers. Over 300 yards passing in the first half with three touchdowns. And even though the Chargers buckled down and looked like they played man in the second half, or at least more man in the second half and gave them more fits, third down conversions, third and 15, third and 10, the inability to get this defense uh, out of the field and the ability of, 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 the, of Mahomes converting these into first downs with his feet really hurt this defense and his mojo. And now some of the issues that uh, uh, that we we incurred here throughout this first six weeks. Uh, again, defensively, giving up a lot of the big plays, right? Especially against the pass. Uh, last year, ironically, it was against the run, and we're like the number one team to run against. Uh, this year, looks like we did a better job, or we've done a little better job against the run, but the uh, the pass defense is just horrendous. And look, I don't know if it's the fact of our D-line not putting enough pressure consistently, even though we've had these games where we've had multiple sacks, um, you know, the pressures from the DNs and so forth. There isn't consistent pressure. Um, so that's that's the concerning issue is against that Dallas game. Um, the, you know, there was pressure coming in, but the lack of finishing and getting these sacks and getting these throwaways didn't happen. Uh, Dak Prescott was able to move uh, right before getting sacked or getting hit and able to convert these passes down and converting the first downs and so forth and even touchdowns. Uh, that's been the issue. It's, it's We're not finishing on this defensive efforts, and that's really hurting our, our back end with the DBs. Also, the fact that Derwin James has been missing uh, from the secondary, that's been an issue. Alohi Gilman uh, has been gone since the, the first or second game. The inconsistencies on the defensive secondary, you know, those have been concerning with these injuries. And Joey Bosa uh, just getting back in the fold after that toe fracture, toe injury, and hasn't really been the Joey Bosa of old that we've seen that, that applies that pressure and that run defense. It has not been there. The biggest advantage has been Tui. And that, that's been the heart of that defense, I thought. And even then, I don't see a, him playing that much. And I think, I'm not sure if it's just a, a defensive schemes they're running and personnel issues, but that's got to be something to look at and, and, and build around him now because he's the young guy there. So these are some of the uh, concerning issues on, on defense. Switching over to the offense, um, this, is, this has been problematic for us. A couple things. The lack of running game. With the exception of that Miami Dolphin game, every other game, uh, it's been a lack of a consistent running game. Austin Eckler had that high ankle injury. 
And ever since the uh, Miami game, he's only uh, played in the last two games uh, versus Dallas and Kansas City, right? And again, 14 attempts each game, not cracking anything over 45 yards, um, you know, and, and, and no touchdowns. So this is this is the problem. We're, we're not back in sync yet on this running game from last year. And even then, it was a troubling running game. You know, Austin Eckler... Uh, as we've discussed in the past, great space back. Um, I consider him like a Marshall Falk type back, Reggie Bush type back. Uh, it just an excellent, excellent running back that's that's uh, has great moves outside the numbers and even you know outside the the tackle boxes. But you know he's a hard runner, but you don't want him getting beat up in those A and B gaps inside. It just it's nice to get him darted through there sometimes for a big gain, and I get that, but he's not a bang in and bang out. That's not the kind of guy he is. You know, a smarter play um, would have been if, if Telesco went out in the offseason and got into Montgomery to come in here and been that guy for 20 carries a game, 24 carries a game, banging on that line in the A and B gaps, right? That would have been great in combination with an Austin Eckler and a Josh Kelly. Because Josh Kelly also provides a little bit of that space back and and can also you know run it through, but he's not that guy. They're both not that guy. So I think the the lack of uh, additions via draft for a, a complimentary or, or a or a strong back uh, or the uh, free agent market, which I believe it was only four million for a Montgomery coming in. I mean, these are things you got to get done, and we didn't get this done over the off season, and we. We keep, or should I say Telesco keeps adding it to the fact that, okay, we've got a, a running back room, so we're, we're fine with that. No, sometimes you add, have to add in. You have to get that competition going. Just because you think you have it doesn't mean you have it. And you won't know until training camp or post-training camp during the regular season, including injuries. So that's one of the issues. I think the lack of running game really is hurting us. And I, and I hate to put it on Herbert because we can't get one-dimensional. Because once we get one dimensional, dimensional, it's not just a pressure point on any quarterback to succeed. It also changes the defense to make it a, a nickel or dime coverage with additional uh, uh, defensive backs, corners, safeties, and so forth to take away those passing lanes, those passing windows. And that creates incompletions. It creates uh, a lot of negative downs and it creates interceptions and, of course, sacks and hits. And the offensive line now becomes one-dimensional because uh, the defense knows they're going to go to pass mode. And now they're going to tee off and utilize what they want to do because they know exactly what the O-line is going to do. They're going to go into pass protection. And that changes the offense uh, and its complexities. And it becomes a negative uh, for the play caller. So that's the issue about the running back problem and the O-line problem. And again, contributes all the way down to Herbert where he's trying to make plays. And ultimately, we see him either eating the ball, getting sacked, throwing it bad places, or, or throwing picks. So that's the issue with the offense based on the circumstances we're seeing. Uh, defense, we explained about the explosive plays, uh, especially on the corners. We are getting beat on corners. I'm just not seeing. You know, it's not like an explosive plays where we're missing a guy completely. He goes for 50, 60 yards untouched, right? We're getting good competition. So I think our DBs are good. Um, you know, Asante Samuel, Mike Davis, right? Those guys are good. And I'm not saying they're above average or exceptional, which I think, quite honestly, uh, Asante Samuel can be. And we saw those three picks in that one game against Jacksonville. Uh, He comes up big in a lot of places. I like it, but he has his issues as well. He's a little undersized, right? So 
you know, Mike Davis, uh, you know, struggled through, uh, but still a consistent, good defensive back. But we need some more guys stepping up, right? We need these guys coming in. And, and I think that's something they have to look at for next year to increase the youth, uh, maybe even increase through, uh, through free agency. Nothing high price because you saw the, uh, the J.C. Jackson experiment, how it, it spilled and exploded uh, on our faces on this. And it's just awful. Uh, how do you spend this much money? and get a huge, huge pickup in free agency, which we all thought missed interception was going to be. And for some reason, either it's a Brandon Staley defensive issue or his injury issue or his lack of preparation, I'm not sure. Nothing's really been disclosed as much, but became a problem and was not good. And he was very inconsistent. And sure enough, he's back in, in uh, New England. So that's a that's a big blow for the defense. You, you're spending those kind of resources and trying to allocate that person in there, and it doesn't work out. These are these are misses that can become huge, huge problems, which which it definitely has has now become in uh, six weeks of of football. So basically, the defensive issues with uh, inconsistencies in DBs, including Derwin James. Derwin missed uh, a couple of games, right? He had that uh, hamstring injury. He got a really bad uh, call uh, last game or so on that uh, unsportsmanlike uh, excessive force hit on one of the receivers down on the ground. Look, I just need to see more out of Derwin James. I need to see a lot more. Derwin James is one of the top safeties in the league, and you've got to be that playmaker that changes it, either a sack, incompletion, uh, major pass breakup, interception, major TFL on a running back. you got to get it done. And if we don't see it this year, or even maybe sooner, <laughs> maybe even by the trading deadline, you know what? You can trade them. I know it's unpopular to say it, but go ahead. Go ahead and trade. Get those awesome picks. And even though they're not guaranteed, that brings you a youth movement. That brings you capital and currency to work with to try to circumvent the draft and try to really add on to those pieces and hopefully make the right draft picks and bring that youth and that need that we have on certain positions. They're not all going to hit, obviously, but I think the more you bring in, the higher the chances of success on one of these hitting. So it's imperative that we make some good choices. And, you know, Derwin has a high cap number. Don't forget that. And we're looking at a at a big blow next year because of all the numbers we have with the receivers and the defensive ends and Derwin's contract. Derwin's contract... Uh, this year pays them $9 million, right? Um, so we're looking at, at some big costs again next year as well. He's got a $2 million base salary this year. He's got a $7 million contract bonus this year. Uh, we're looking at nine ten again uh, next year. So that's big money. Um, if you're able to work that, great. If not, if, if he's going to be part of your, your package, great. Let, let's make it work for us. But right now, that secondary is not, is not grooving really well. Uh, Alohi Gilman. He's been gone, I believe, since the first week or second week, and he hasn't. He might be a uh, uh, possible playing this Sunday against the Bears. So that's been a big hit and big void. He, he's one of those guys that really is around the ball, and he was a latter part of uh, last year. Really came through on some clutch plays, and and the kid's really good. I like Lohi Gilman, and and I'm looking forward to seeing him back. And he had a full day of practice uh, today, as we're recording on on third on, on Friday of this week uh, of week seven coming up. So. This is, correction, week eight. This is what we're looking at. Um, We need to get these guys to step up. Now, Bosa, that that situation, I don't know what's happening there, but Bosa is not the same person. 
And we saw last year's injury issue. He came back, tried to do a little bit too much, uh, didn't do it well. This year, same toe injury, toe fracture, what have you. Just He's a strong player. He added size. He wanted to get back and, and really be that, that strong anchor. And for some reason, he's just not making the impact. And he's got a huge number as well. Uh, this year, he's got a 1.1 base with a 14.6 uh, bonus, right, of uh, of 15, almost 16 million this year for a cap number, along with Khalil Mack at 16 million. So these are, you know, between those two guys are 32 million, a little over $32 million, right, for the one year. So these are huge numbers to work with. Uh, getting older, if you're able to make the trade to a team that needs them this year, great. You got the youth movement going. And I would say cut your losses because next year they're not going to be here. I don't see a Bosa here, and I don't know about Khalil Mack, depending how much more you're going to restructure with his age. I don't know if that's going to work for you. Um, so those are things to really consider if you're Telesco. And again, this whole Telesco uh, situation with Staley is, is really a package deal. I think if if this week shows another loss against a winnable Chicago Bears team, I think if you're Spanos, you have to look at it and go, you know what, I'm just going to cut my losses here. I'm just going to move on. Uh, if you need to get rid of both, you do both. Because I think I don't think Telesco is going to be the first one jumping off the gun to, to make a, a termination on, on Staley until the end of the year. And I think there's got to be a message served, uh, be it Kellen Moore giving you an interim method to see how he does. Because if Staley goes, let's just jump step a little bit. If Staley gets uh, released or you know terminated sometime during the year, right, be it week eight, which we're coming up to, or week 12 or 13, or at the end of the year, right? We don't know what you have as an interim for Kellen Moore. You do not know. But I do know one thing. He was a hot commodity last year as a possible head coaching candidate, right? Didn't get it. I don't think he applied to too many, but didn't get it. But this year, this year, uh, he's going to be a candidate again, right? And if it doesn't work out, he'll go somewhere else as an OC if there's a new coaching regime here. But you'll never know what occurred? This could be another Shane Steichen situation where Shane Steichen left us as the OC uh, after the uh, termination um, and for the other head coach. And then now uh, he is the head coach uh, in Indianapolis and he's doing a fantastic job. You lose guys like this. You lose out on guys like this and that makes it difficult. So yeah, maybe uh, with Staley, you know what you have now. Cut your losses to Lesko. Move on and, and put in, uh, put in uh, Kellen Moore as your interim. And see what you have. Is this a potential head coaching uh, position or a person for your Chargers? If it is, great. You got a head start, right? Uh, before you start doing all your interviews, great. Otherwise, it's an unknown, and now you got a whole different um, bag to deal with. So, these are some of the concerns. These are some of the issues that we're going to see, uh, you know, unfold in the next couple of weeks. And I'm anxious to see what happens. Extremely disappointed at two and four. This could. This is literally just the worst thing that could happen. You know, besides having uh, not gone with any type of uh, really severe injuries uh, that has has plagued us so far. All these injuries with uh, with either Herbert or Eckler and so forth, uh, hamstring. You know, and and you know fingers and all that kind of stuff. With the exception of Mike Williams out for the year, which was awful. And speaking of which, I think that's the last you've seen Mike Williams. Uh, quite honestly, that is unless Mike Williams. Uh, uh, agrees to come back next year on a restructured deal. Uh, I don't see how you're going to be able to keep him, right? I don't see how you're going to be able to keep a Mike Williams at the price rate that he has right now, which is one of the higher prices in the league. And, you know, deservedly so. The guy is a great player, and he is just one of the top, top guys, and I get it. 
but it's going to be really, really difficult to bring him back on uh, with the monies that is owed to him or that has to be paid off if they keep him under uh, under contract. So these are some of the issues that that is concerning uh, for next year's Chargers. And of course, it's going to be part of it as well uh, as well this year. Well, for week eight, one positive is you might be seeing Jalen Guyton return to our receiving core. Uh, that comes on the heels of Josh Palmer uh, having some injury concerns for this week and, and might be in doubt for his uh, his play. So uh, let's see what Jalen Guyton can do after that big ACL injury from last year. Uh, that'll be a positive to see how that works. Again, this is all this is all part of what's going on the first uh, six weeks here or seven weeks in the NFL at, at a two and four record. Uh, again, 11 games left to play. There's a lot of activity left. Can these guys come back and start putting wins together? Absolutely. Can this defense find its identity and have these guys play the way they should be playing and, and make it work? Right now, they're 30, uh, I believe they're 31st ranked defense in the NFL. Um, they got to put it together. They got to stop uh, stop teams. You got to stop these big plays from happening in, in the secondary, and you got to stop uh, these conversions of third down with these quarterbacks that can run it on you. So that's concerning. Offensively, establish some counter running game. Uh, start getting your tight ends in use. You need some extra blockers in there on the line. Establish a stout running game because you're going to need that to make this a multi-dimensional offense that's needed for Kellen Moore's program. So these are huge ifs, and it's got to work out. Staley, this is on you. It's not just data analytics. It's going to be it's going to be how the game works out for you and what you're feeling, and you got to take your chances at certain times, and you got to you got to coach better at other times. You got to make good decisions. So. A lot of ifs, a lot of buts, but we got to get it done. Uh, again, we've got a lot more football left to go. I'm, I'm anxious to see how it's going to work out. We appreciate you for staying on. We'll come back again next week. We'll talk about it after the Chicago Bears game. I'm looking forward to seeing how we're going to rebound on it. A few people would like to thank before we leave. My man, Tyrell, Matt Dog Wiggins, across the glass, making us sound good today. Appreciate also Kevin McLeod from filmmusic.io for Strength of the Titans and the Ice Giants. My name is D. Malconian. Catch us on Extreme Voltage Podcast on Instagram. We will check you out later. Go Bolts!